0: You're listening to The Red Wave Report, the number one rated Fresno State podcast, the official free podcast of TheBarkBoard.com. The thoughts and opinions are that of the show hosts and in no way reflect the thoughts and opinions of the university. Welcome back, everyone, to another edition of The Red Wave Report. I'm Lucio Reek, your host of the show, being joined, as always, by the publisher of The BarkBoard. Jackson Moore and Jackson. It's been a while. Uh a lot has happened since our last podcast. One of which you went down with COVID, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I got a little bit sick, so that sidelined us for a little while. <laughs> and, um yeah, that wasn't fun. Um, but all better now. Um you know, the the basketball team also had a stoppage about the same time, so I didn't miss much coverage, but uh it was certainly not fun having to, to go through that. So <laughs> I'm excited to be healthy and celebrate signing day and get the podcast up and running again.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's been uh, it's been interesting, kind of seeing things develop. Uh, I mean, not only you going down, I'm watching other people around me also kind of go down. But I am I'm like the last man standing so far. So <laughs> I, and I'm trying to keep it that way uh, when it pertains to COVID. But it's getting harder and harder these days to to, to avoid it. But let's, let's see what happens. Let's try and. Let's see if I can I can win the bet, so to speak. <laughs> it's the last person standing. Um, but today, uh, today is February second, and as always, it is National Signing Day for uh, for college football. Uh, the second National Signing Day, uh, because we already had our first one in December fifteenth. Now we've got this one at the uh, February second. A lot going on, right, Jackson? A lot of news of who the Bulldogs are picking up, right?
1: Yeah, we've kind of gotten used to the last couple of years since the December signing period was introduced. The Bulldogs would sign almost all their class in December, and maybe on this day in February we'd have one or two names or so that would pop up, and then uh, they would keep recruiting throughout all the offseason, pick up a couple of last editions. But uh, things are different this year, especially when you factor in a new coach, uh, head coaching change. They're trying to fill in some scholarships there in this extra period rather than signing so many in the first period. Uh, That's always going to be a challenge with the coaching transition. And of course, now with the transfer portal, that has added a a different dimension to it. There's quite a few transfer commits coming into Fresno State at this time that are kind of a part of this big day. And as well, you've got Fresno State that uh, has a lot of high hopes for the 22 season. Um, And what they did was they went out and tried to find a lot of junior college prospects to fill in some of those holes too, which a lot of those players slipped through the cracks and were available here in January and February. So um, I think by the end of the day, Fresno State is going to have more additions today, actually, than the Bulldogs did in December. Um, There might not be as many as the 10 that signed in December that are officially announced today. But when you factor in all the transfers and other junior college recruits that are already on campus, it is uh, going to be probably about close to 15 prospects joining the dogs.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting to see this class come in and develop. Now that the Bulldogs uh, have a new head coach, and uh, essentially they're they're pretty much not going to be going in a different direction, Jackson. Right? They're kind of picking up where they left off from the last coaching uh, regime.
1: Yeah, it was interesting to kind of hear Kalen DeBoer previously talk about the offense being in year five of the system. I mean he coached it of course in 2017 and 18 and when he was gone Tedford and, and Grubb had it in 2019 and they kept going so I think offensively you're not going to see much change so you do have a new offensive coordinator with Kirby Moore, of course but the scheme is going to be very similar uh, defensively the Bulldogs have almost an entirely new staff yet again so there may be some changes there but it sounds like as well the scheme either going to be a 4-3 or a four-two-five variation that it's not going to be a crazy overhaul from what they were doing last season either. So, but And then, plus, you've got a whole lot of players returning. You do lose some key super seniors from last year, but a lot of the key players, especially on offense, are all back, And uh, aside from Ronnie Rivers, and uh, that can go a long way for uh, a successful season here for the Bulldogs coming up.
0: Yeah, so it's going to be uh, just interesting to see how the Bulldogs take this and run with it. As far as as far as recruiting is concerned, it's basically uh, they're they're doing the same thing they were doing before, just with a different coaching staff. Uh, so not really much is changing, uh, but. You know they did end up picking up quite a few players in this second portion of uh, National Signing Day, and so why don't we just go ahead and jump right into it, Jackson? And we've got the first one uh, on the list is a quarterback out of uh, Graham, Washington. Joshua Wood uh, comes in at six foot three, one hundred eighty five pounds, and a three star recruit. Um, this one seems like he was uh, one of the highly rated quarterback. You know, quarterbacks in the Mountain West. What what do you uh, what do you got on him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he actually even got a bump in his rating just uh, earlier this week. And right now, twenty four seven Sports has scored him with an eighty eight rating in the three star tier. Now, a lot of most people are familiar with three star, four star recruits and all that, but uh, for twenty four seven Sports, the three star tier ranges from eighty to eighty nine. And so, to be 88, I mean, he's almost a four-star recruit, about as close as you can be. He's also, I just looked it up last night, uh, based off the ratings, he is 24-7 sports number 26 quarterback in the nation, which makes him the top-ranked group of five commits, at least as of right now. I don't know if anything has changed nationally that could change that with someone flipping or anything like that, but... Uh, I don't recall. I'm not even sure if Derek Carr, I mean, Derek Carr had a better rating, but I'm not 100% sure if he was the best group of five commit or non BCS commit at the time at the quarterback position. Um, So, I mean, Wood definitely tops the Mountain West. It looks like he's going to be the top ranked quarterback out of all the group of five schools. And that's pretty, uh, uh, I mean, it's pretty amazing too, because he's not a guy that was super pursued during this recruiting process Uh, at the end of December he was committed to Eastern Washington and decided not to sign. He kind of bet on himself that he might get some better offers and uh, Fresno State and Nevada were two schools that jumped in to to try to go after him late. And um, also Washington and Washington State, they didn't end up offering, but they both got pretty involved late in the process. So this is a recruit that's been thought of very, very highly by scouts. Hasn't pulled in a tremendous list of offers like Jalen Henderson did last year, but is actually rated higher than Henderson by 24-7 sports. So ultimately, between having Joshua Wood and Jalen Henderson on your roster going forward, you can think pretty confidently that the heir apparent to Jay Kaner is going to be on the roster for 2023.
0: And that brings up another interesting question uh, with the addition of Wood. What does this mean for uh, Jalen Henderson uh, and his future? So, we're, it's kind of, kind of a, a, kind of a wait and see kind of a situation, right, Jackson, as to whether or not both of these guys are going to want to remain uh, with the type of caliber or talent uh, between the two of them.
1: Yeah, and we'll see it maybe play out this year with the number two job. Um, of course, the Bulldogs are going to. It doesn't look like they're going to go after a veteran quarterback to try to get some security behind Hainer this season, but um, when they do have guys like Henderson and Fife that have been in the system now for a year or two, uh, that does probably bode well for them. Uh, I don't think we'll see any sort of dominoes as far as the quarterback room until after that 2023 season when they really have that quarterback battle and see who's going to start for good. Um, And, I mean, even then, we've seen in years past where Uh, the starter can be supplanted after a couple of games or if they don't perform well or injuries or whatnot. So uh, this is going to be a process that's going to play out for the next year or two, but um, certainly it's just commonplace in college football. It's been commonplace at Fresno state, even before the transfer portal existed the way it did. If you're a quarterback and you don't win the starting job and it's on the wall that you're not going to start anytime soon, you're going to transfer and look somewhere else. So, Um, I would imagine between those 3 you they're going to have a starter emerge by 2023, and uh, one or two of the other guys will probably end up looking elsewhere. It's just uh, really tough to speculate who is going to fit into which category, just because, uh, I mean, Wood, Henderson, and Fife as well. You can maybe even throw in Alex Trujillo, who's coming in, and these are all pretty highly regarded quarterbacks, and uh, the gap between each of them doesn't seem like it's too wide.
0: Yeah, so that one's gonna gonna play out uh, probably, like you said, sometime next season. Uh, well, not this upcoming season, the next season after after Hayner leaves the program. That's when we're probably gonna have to figure out what's gonna happen there with the quarterback situation, unless one of them decides that they want to leave prior to that. But the next player on the list, uh, the Bulldogs added, is on the defensive line. Jacob Holmes, out of uh, Chandler, Arizona, comes in at six foot three, two hundred and eighty pounds, an eight uh, and three star recruit. Uh, Bulldogs are adding some uh, some beef to that defensive line uh, that they're gonna need to kind of reshuffle, aren't they, Jackson?
1: Yeah, um, and this was a, a late recruit, even later than Wood. Uh, and just we're going through this list by the. Um, who's rated the highest of these uh, signees here, and Holmes is up there as well. He's not too far behind Wood as far as his uh, recruiting scores go. Um, Holmes is a defensive lineman out of Arizona who uh, got a lot of interest and a lot of offers earlier in the process. He was being recruited by Arizona State, Arizona, West Virginia. Uh, He had a couple other Power 5 offers and took a couple of Power 5 official visits. And pretty much all of those recruits that went through that process uh, ended up committing to power five schools over the summer. Um, But Holmes ended up waiting a little longer. Uh, He decided he wanted to go kind of the academic route and committed to Tulane. Um, Very fortunately for Fresno State, uh, Holmes had a successful high school season. His team made the playoffs, and he wasn't able to officially visit Tulane, so he decided not to sign in December. And while he was waiting, the D-line coach at Tulane was let go. Uh, so Holmes decided to open things up and Fresno State had they had actually offered him very earlier in the process and they retained coaches on staff reconnected the new coaches with him and got him on a visit and made it happen so uh, Holmes I mean adds to a very impressive D-line class Fresno State had already signed guys like Gabriel Lightfoot, jason uh, Jacks, Miles Bailey um, they have Tito Chikiri coming in from last year's class still so this is a I mean, they're quite a defensive line class, and last year's was pretty solid too, especially you factor in Julius Lewis, uh, who already got some playing time last year. Uh, the future looks very bright for the Bulldogs at D-line, and uh, Holmes is going to sit right in there at tackle.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a, g- a good addition for the Bulldogs uh, moving uh, moving into this next season. He should be able to to help push some of these other guys and, and help uh, things get going. Um, next player on the list, Anthony LaFrance out of Riverside, California, a three-star recruit coming in at six foot five, 290 pounds for the offensive line, much needed beef on the line after last season, right, Jackson?
1: <laughs> yeah. And so the Bulldogs have uh, tried to address the O line pretty heavily this off season. And, uh, LaFrance is one of the junior college recruits that did sign today, uh, part of the reason that he's announced maybe some others aren't as we'll go through the list is that uh, he is not going to be joining the Bulldogs for the spring. He's got to finish up his degree and then he can come join the Bulldogs in the summer. Um, but he is a offensive tackle prospect that Fresno state feels really good about. Um, he actually started his college career. He went to Weber state. Um, it was just kind of lightly recruited. He had an offer there and took it. Uh, didn't feel too comfortable. Decided to go back to junior college and try again through the recruiting process. and. Uh, Fresno State was one of a uh, few schools that got really active. Um, Buffalo was on him and, and a couple of other schools that uh, were trying to convince him to, to be there late. Hawaii was among them, but uh, Fresno State got him on a visit and he just really liked the idea of staying close to home, especially after leaving California to go to Weaver State and Utah. It just wasn't something he enjoyed too much, it sounded like. So uh, to stay close to home, And to potentially fill that right tackle spot left out by uh, Alex Akinbulu, that's the guy you got to watch out for this season. And um, another thing about LaFrance is that he is very young. He's been at a D1 college and a junior college in the last two years, and he is still only 19, I believe. He graduated high school at 17. So um, he has really matured in the last two years since he was initially a high school prospect. And uh, could have some more. Maturing and growing to do, he could look very different for the Bulldogs. Even though he's a junior college recruit in the year or two,
0: yeah, that definitely could could help the offensive line, which has had its uh, share of struggles in the last couple of seasons. Um, hopefully, he gets into the mix sooner rather than later uh, for the Bulldogs. Next uh, on the lo- on the in line <laughs> on the list here is Daniel. Tom, <laughs> you, you you love giving me these names, don't you? Because I usually I murder them. Daniel Tawamalo, <laughs> uh, out of College of San Mateo, uh, he's an inside linebacker, according to um, what's on uh, on I almost said scout on twenty four seven sports. Here, uh, I uh, inside outside linebacker, six foot three, two hundred seventy pounds, three star recruit. What else? What do you have to say about him? And please, by all means, tell me what his last name is.
1: <laughs> yeah. Daniel. Malolo, um, he is so 24 the seven. Switch things up a little bit with Easy the for positions <laughs> they've got. So instead of doing centers and guards now, they're, they're doing interior offensive line IOL for our positions there. So he's going to be a no lineman for the dogs. And um, as the name suggests, he's of uh, Polynesian background and I, I got to talk to him and his, Mother and father are actually both from Tonga, which is um, actually going through a, a pretty tough time right now. But it was, as far as his background, it was interesting to hear. Um, and also, of course, Fresno State has a new offensive line coach, Saga Tuateli, who um, I mean, Daniel told me that uh, just he's always played for offensive line coaches with Polynesian backgrounds, and that really attracted him to Fresno State to play for Coach Tuateli and made him feel real comfortable with the dogs and. Um, again another junior college offensive lineman kind of late in the process picked up some some offers and some late interest Uh, UTEP was after him and uh, again just being pretty close to home coming from College of San Mateo in the Bay Area um, just a pretty easy move for him Uh, the school he's familiar with and, and was able to visit and he projects more as a guard as an interior lineman so again the Bulldogs are also losing Dante Adkins who had the medically red shirt so there could be a need for him to play sooner rather than later. Um, he does has one less year of eligibility than LaFrance, so it's going to be a little more uh, urgency for him to get on the field. But between the two of them, uh, that's going to be an instant boost to the O line room. And uh, I don't think the Bulldogs are done there yet either. I imagine they're going to look for the transfer portal or elsewhere to try to pick up another lineman before uh, the twenty twenty two season.
0: Yeah, and like I said before, it's a it's a. A sphere of need for the Bulldogs. Uh, a definite need is that offensive line. Uh, so they're going to need to really dig deep and try and find more uh, more help uh, on the on that particular position. Um, next one on the list here is Johnny Hudson. Um, out of Contra Costa College, uh, Contra Costa College, out of San Pablo, California, he's uh, on the defensive line, six foot three, two hundred and seventy pounds, three star recruit, and uh, looks like the the Bulldogs are picking up some of these uh, uh, junior college transfers. What do you got on him, Jackson?
1: Yeah, uh, I hope you can hear hear me okay. (laughs) I'm actually live at Fresno State and. The Jets are making their, their rounds. So. <laughs> yeah, you're <Okay>. good. <laughs> okay. um, so uh, Hudson, again, another junior college recruit. He's on the defensive line, a guy that the Bulldogs are hoping can make an immediate impact. And he's going to be a defensive tackle, which is pretty critical for the Dogs, considering that Kevin Adkins has graduated. Uh, Ryan Bame as well has graduated. He started the last couple of games after Leonard Payne went down and The Bulldogs played about four defensive tackles just about every game, and those two of those I just mentioned were guys that played every game pretty consistently, so um, they do have two spots to fill. Hudson looks like a guy that could come in and play right away. The Bulldogs do bring back um, Leonard Payne, as mentioned, and Evan Bennett, um, Matt Lawson, Julius Lewis. Some of those guys are less experienced than others, but um, Hudson definitely filled at least one hole, I would imagine. Uh, Interesting story about him. He's actually from Georgia. Um, He was committed to USF, uh, South Florida Bulls, out of high school. uh, And the American Conference uh, was a pretty big opportunity for him. And uh, some things transpired that uh, kept him from getting in there and and contributing as a freshman. So he ended up going to junior college. Um, After the pandemic, he got a call from Contra Costa out here in California and decided to give the West Coast a shot. And actually, back in uh, June, the Bulldogs had a camp for junior college recruits, and he was here. Uh, So he got to be evaluated by the Bulldogs. And even though most of those coaches that were there have moved on to Washington, uh, that relationship and that connection uh, was able to carry over to the new staff. And uh, they got on him uh, late December, early January and recruited him hard and uh, was able to, to wrap that up pretty quick. So. Hudson's going to be here for the spring, and um, he's going to be a guy they're going to look for to contribute right away.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a good addition for the Bulldogs to to get uh, going right off the bat uh, here in the near future. So uh, let's hope that that one pans out for the Bulldogs. Uh, Next one, Carlton Johnson uh, out of Riverside, California, uh, coming in at cornerback. Uh, six foot one, hundred and seventy pounds, and no no stars according to uh, to the ranking system on twenty four seven sports. But then again, that usually doesn't mean anything, right, Jackson?
1: Yeah. So these the next couple of the guys, they don't have composite scores, but they do have twenty four seven sports scores. So if you look at our commit list, you're not going to see any stars. It's you know it's not <laughs> it can be not a good look, but we do have. 24 seven sports rankings for them. And you need to have rankings from multiple services to get that composite score. So hopefully those come in the coming days, but uh, Johnson did get a three-star rating by us at 24 seven sports. And um, the thing about Johnson is that even though he, was kind of unknown as far as his recruiting class up until recently, he has had success at the division one college level. Uh, He actually went out to Southern Utah as a high school recruit from California Uh, He played there pretty quick. He redshirted and played four games. And then uh, the year after, in 2019, um, he was a contributor as a redshirt freshman. He had three picks and uh, about 30 tackles. And um, he actually got some freshman All-American and some all-conference honorable mention honors. So um, things were looking pretty good for him. He decided uh, to go back to junior college and try to get recruited again. And uh, he really picked up here in the last couple of weeks fresno state byu unlv were all going after him and uh fresno state was first and they were able to seal it up without him really taking any other visits so uh carlton johnson he's going to be a cornerback the bulldogs are, are in need there they do bring back kale Sanders, they bring back braylon lux but they're losing a lot of their other guys they went out and got uh hawaii transfer um cameron mockridge who we'll talk about but Uh, The Bulldogs, you you know, you want to have four reliable cornerbacks. Uh, At least that's been how they've operated as of late. And uh, Johnson probably gets you there to number four in that two deep next season.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to make a difference uh, for the Bulldogs as they try and add depth uh, to that position. And uh, w- there's one more cornerback at that position. We'll, we'll cover that when we get to his name. Next player on the list is Michael Whaley out of Hercules, California, uh, coming in at safety. Uh, comes in at six foot one, hundred and fifty five pounds, and again, no no stars as of yet on the recruit. Uh, ranking system at 24 7 sports but what do you got on him jackson
1: yeah he's another guy we got him at 81 kind of the low end of the three-star but but no composite score yet and uh, he you know no other offers for him kind of a late under the radar guy that fresno state went after here in the last couple of weeks and probably the most notable thing we know about him is that he had 11 interceptions in nine games which is pretty impressive Um, the Bulldogs are recruiting him at safety so there's a chance for him to be uh, a bit of a ball hawk for the Bulldogs down the road Um, Bulldogs are pretty stacked at safety I don't think they'll contribute earlier than uh, you would anticipate by any means but he's definitely a guy that can get in the program develop and and get ready to be that next era or compete for it the Bulldogs are going to have a lot of young safeties waiting for Evan Williams and Elijah Gates to graduate but uh, definitely uh, an exciting prospect when you know what he can do in the secondary intercepting passes. I mean, you just don't see numbers like that very often.
0: Now that's uh, definitely going to be a good thing for the Bulldogs there. Uh, they That's a good problem to have uh, too much depth at that position right now, Jackson. Uh, <laughs> next player coming in on the list is Sion <laughs> Here we go again. See, uh, I'm guessing it's Sion Noah? Um, from Grant Union, Sacramento, California. Um, he's uh, coming in on the edge, and he's a uh, six foot three, two hundred and fifteen pounds. Uh, again, another player without any rankings uh, so far on the website. Uh, what more can you tell us about him?
1: Yeah, another late one that just had the Fresno State offer, and uh, he's also a guy that twenty four seven given the three star, but no composite yet. So it's the low end, the eighty to eighty one type of score and. Um, yeah, not a guy I knew too much about. I know he's got an older brother who is a pretty uh, uh, high-ranking recruit. He's already got some Power 5 offers there at Grant Union High School. But um, Sione as well, he, he is uh, an interesting watch on his huddle film. And he is just flying around. He's making big hits. Uh, and it's further uh, emphasized by, he's got the hair flowing out of the helmet. Uh, and you see it shaking all over the place when he's delivering these vicious hits. I mean, it, it's a pretty fun... Tape to watch. He's going to come in as a defensive end for the Bulldogs, and uh got a little bit of uh, some linebacker attributes as well in his game. So uh, he's um, uh, he's going to add to that defensive line room as well for this class. The Bulldogs signed a whole bunch of D linemen, and a lot of them are pretty large and are you know tackle tackle end borderline kind of guys, perhaps. But um, this is definitely an edge rusher for Fresno State with Noah and. Um, probably a guy that might need a little bit of development based off of his recruiting resume, but is a guy that has some raw talent that is really exciting and definitely the kind of guy you're looking for at this time of year, someone that you feel like got missed and and you can develop in your program and turn into something special, which uh, I think there's a chance that could happen for him.
0: Yeah, it's uh, going to be fun to watch his development for sure uh, on the team here. As uh, things progress now, the Bulldogs weren't done yet. Uh, as far as uh, this recruiting class was concerned, they also dipped into the transfer portal and picked up uh, three additional players uh, during this process. And the first one on that list was Nick DeAmbra and he was coming from, I believe, Western Illinois, uh, coming in as an athlete, transferring to Fresno State. What do you have on him, Jackson?
1: Yeah, this is a really interesting pickup for Fresno State. Um, it's tough to even assign him a position. Really. Um, excuse me one second. Uh, yeah, Diambro was a he, – he's listed as a slot back by Western Illinois, which even in itself is not a very clear position. Uh, he was a long snapper for them. He was initially recruited at linebacker. And when I asked uh, DeAndre what he was being recruited to Fresno State for, he said, they told me they're recruiting me as a football player. So, uh, it's still not very <laughs> clear exactly where he's going to fit in. Not um, a
0: football player. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> That's uh, vague. <laughs> yeah. So uh, still they're, they're going to be able to play with him in the spring, figure out what they want to do with him. I mean, he could be a fullback, even a power runner, kind of like Josh Hoke it was for Jeff Tedford. There's potential for that kind of role for him. Uh, he was, as mentioned, a long snapper. Uh, the Bulldogs are losing Jacob Westbury, who was a very reliable and longstanding long snapper for the Dogs. So uh, they do also return Michael Munoz, but um, you definitely want two long snappers on your roster, and I imagine the two of them will kind of battle it out for the starting job there this year. Um, when Giambra was not long snapping, he was in every other special teams unit doing other things, uh, kickoff coverage, uh, whatever you, you can name it. He was on that that package for Western Illinois, so um, you can imagine he's going to be everywhere. So Fresno State on special teams and uh, potentially even on defense as well, as we know, he's got that linebacker background. So, uh, you know, a very interesting prospect. Fresno State obviously valued him very highly, and uh, with John Baxter taking over at special teams uh, for the Bulldogs, we could see maybe some more moves like this. We, he's a very uh, uh, very well-known special teams coach, and uh, a guy like this, uh, De'Ambra, is going to give him a lot of different things uh, to work with in those special teams units. And As we know for Fresno State, uh, some of the things, the returns and, and whatnot, have not quite been. There. The returns and the blocks, they haven't quite been there as though they were during the past whole year. So. Uh, DeAndre can be maybe one of the guys that helps uh, get that spark for the dogs under Baxter again.
0: Yeah, you bring up a good point with uh, with Baxter coming in as special teams coach. Things, uh, things are sure to to look different. Um, hopefully, they look a, a lot like they did in the Pat Hill days, where the special teams. At, at at times was the best unit on the field for the Bulldogs, uh, so hopefully they, they, he will come in and make a change, and and Nick Diambra is going to be a part of that. Hopefully, uh, to help uh, get that turned back in the right direction. Now, the next player on the list is Cameron Lockridge, a player you're very familiar with since you cover Hawaii. Uh, He's a um, a transfer portal coming out of Hawaii, becoming a Bulldog now. Now, while he was there in Hawaii, he was regarded as a three-star recruit uh, at cornerback. What do you got on him, Jackson?
1: Yeah, I've been not just familiar because he was at uh, Hawaii, but also because he played at Reedley College for a year. Um, And so that's part of the reason why he's transferring to Fresno State is that he's very familiar with the Valley. He is actually from Florida originally, but it's been the year out in Ridley College, and that really launched his recruiting resume. Um, And so he's going to be coming back now here to the Valley after two years at Hawaii. He pretty much started every game there the last two years outside of uh, some games he missed with injuries. Um, And so to add a Mountain West starting cornerback onto your roster is uh, certainly an asset for the Bulldogs. He's the guy that will probably come in and start for Fresno state is my bet, uh, or at least be in the rotation there. And that's kind of the, uh, landscape we're in now with the transfer portal and not having to sit out. Um, if you're a stable team like Fresno state, even with a coaching change, you might be able to go out and coach some guys. And Lockridge was one of, uh, just a ton of guys from Hawaii that were fed up with that coaching staff and hit the transfer portal. And, um, they ultimately did end up having a coaching change, but the Bulldogs were able to, to seal that recruitment as a transfer and keep Lockridge back in the Valley a second time around. Uh, another fun fact about Lockridge is that uh, Ken Griffey Jr. is his uncle and Ken Griffey Sr. is his grandfather. And we might see the Griffey's at Bulldog Stadium at some point, uh, according to Lockridge, uh, if to watch him play this season. So that would be pretty cool. Um, but, uh, definitely a, a big pickup for Fresno State. He's got, uh, even though he played two years at Hawaii, he played one year at Reedley College. He still has two years because of the COVID waiver to play for the Dogs. So, um, this is a guy that uh, could be in the starting lineup for the next two seasons for Fresno State if he lives up to what we're anticipating.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a good addition for the Bulldogs. Uh, picking up one of the players from Hawaii who. Uh, from that whole uh, class that just uh, <laughs> a mass exodus happening in, in Hawaii. Um, but uh, things, I think they've since then got things uh, corrected and uh, stabilized over there. But this is one of the, the casualties from that fallout that uh, benefits the Bulldogs. A uh, player very familiar with the area and, uh, you know, Having Ken Griffey show up at the at the stadium might not be a bad thing. <laughs> it will add to our list of of, of, of well known people that have showed up at the Bulldog Stadium or or something that you and I have uh, been able to kind of get a glimpse of. So uh, yeah. let's see if we can. Hey, add you know, I want to
1: this. I want to start the campaign because Fresno State's going to USC this year, of course, and USC has acquired the son of Jerry Rice. And so I want to see Jerry Rice and Kim Griffey Jr. shake hands before that game <laughs> at midfield. <laughs> that would be, be quite a scene to see those two. Guys see those at a bulldog Trojan game. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be fun to to, to
0: to have is those two guys uh, showing up and shaking hands uh, right before a game, uh, you know, getting each other going. But that that yeah that we've seen a number of people in the, in the past years, and uh, this will just add to that if if it comes to fruition. But uh, the last player on the list, uh, a player that comes out of Cal who tr- uh, decided to make the jump to the Bulldogs, Nico Remigio, um, a three-star recruit, formerly a four-star wide receiver, five foot 160 pounds. What do you got on him, Jackson?
1: Yeah, and you bring up something else before I get too much into to Nico. We've got a 24-7 sports now with the transfer portal being so prominent. We've got transfer portal rankings now. <laughs> and the cool thing about Lockridge and Remigio are that they are both very highly regarded, almost four-star transfer portal recruits. They both got that 88 score. And Lockridge was just a two-star out of Ridley College, which is even pretty rare these days to get a two-star rating. So uh, he definitely improved his stock. Um, for Nico Remigio, uh, he was a four-star recruit out of high school at Modern Day, and uh, was a very highly regarded high school receiver. Uh, ended up going to Cal. And he's one of these guys that uh, basically had a full college career, but thanks to the COVID nineteen waiver, has one more year of eligibility and decided to go to the portal and try to find somewhere else to use it. Um, and for Remedio, it had nothing to do with playing time by any means. I mean, he was a starter at Cal. He was their leading receiver in 2019. He has just been a mainstay in their offense for uh, four years now, and he's a slot receiver. He's five foot ten and. You know, if you're Fresno State, you're wondering, well, what are we doing here? we <laughs> up another receiver. The Bulldogs, as we know, have tons <laughs> of receivers, and they're only losing Carrick Wheatfall of that group that graduated last year. But uh Remigio could definitely be a factor for the Bulldogs in the slot. Could take some of the pressure off of uh, Jalen Cropper. He's going to have to battle with Eric Brooks to to get some snaps there, I would imagine, and maybe some other Bulldogs that try to, to get some playing time there at the slot. But um Probably the biggest factor of me here brings is that he's also a returner and he was a, a big time kick returner for Cal. Uh, he did have, I believe, one kick return touchdown and I believe he had two or three others that got called back. Like, I mean, this guy has a, a whole highlight tape that had it not been for the yellow flags on the field, <laughs> it would have been pretty remarkable. Um, but uh, he was uh, definitely a guy that was a, a solid returner even when he wasn't bringing them all the way back. He was getting good yardage, and that's something Fresno State has been missing. Um, And really, the guy that they had uh, some moderate success with last year for Fresno State was Jordan Mims, and now that Ronnie Rivers is gone, you don't want Jordan Mims getting banged up on kick returns this upcoming season. Uh, You're going to need every snap you can get from him on offense. So, I would anticipate that Remigio is going to come right in and be the Bulldogs kick returner. Um, He was more successful on on kicks than punts. Um, He may have to battle for the punt return job, but Uh, Again, this is definitely, I would imagine, one that Coach Baxter's got his fingerprints on and is going to potentially go a long way for Fresno State on special teams. Not to mention, you're getting uh, one of the more accomplished receivers in the Pac-12 over the course of the last four years. So, um, One other thing about Nico is that he is just going to be a great locker room addition. He was not just a starter for Cal. He was a team captain and he's a guy that had a lot of respect in the locker room, a guy I'd interviewed a couple times, and just very bright, very professional. I mean, he's, I think, going to be a joy for for Fresno State fans, even though he's only going to have the one year to play here.
0: Yeah, it's definitely going to be... It's going to be interesting to see how they get him involved with the offense and special teams and everything. If he does come in and uh, uh, have an an immediate impact, it's going to it's going to show on special teams. Uh, for sure, because that's where the Bulldogs have been uh, uh, struggling. Um, you know, not to to say anything bad about Ronnie, but he didn't really return many last season. He he did fair catch quite a bit, <laughs> right, Jackson? It was kind of uh, <laughs> not the the return game for punt returns at least was non-existent, pretty much.
1: Yeah, and uh, you had Ronnie. I mean, he had to be sidelined, and he couldn't handle punt returns anymore. Zane Pope. Had a couple of moments, but, um, you know, it's still something that the Bulldogs want to improve on. And maybe more than anything, it was just kind of a conservative mindset. It was really about fair catching the ball for the last several years and setting up field positions. So um, I imagine Fresno State's going to be a lot more aggressive there with Coach Baxter, and uh, we'll see if um, is the guy that's going to be able to bring that. I certainly think it's going to happen on kick returns, but – um of returns uh, is going to be more of a latency, I think.
0: So, with that being said, this is the entire uh, draft class for for today. However, Jackson, where does that leave the Bulldogs as far as any open slots? Uh, you know, any other uh, uh, any other potential ability to add any more players this season?
1: Yeah, um, there's one more transfer. We're breaking that news today. Uh, we've actually broke the news several days uh, last week i think it might have been a week already on the vip board of course and if you're not already a subscriber highly encourage you to do that if you sign up by 9 p.m uh, pacific time today on national signing day uh, we're offering a sale for 60 percent off it's uh for a year it's only cost you three dollars and 58 cents a month for the next year gets you covered uh immediate vip access of course and We'll keep it covered throughout the entire 2022 season all the way up to next year's signing day. A heck of a deal, and hope you take advantage of that. Just go to barfboard.com to get the details on that right on the homepage. Um, And although we're breaking this news today, um, there's more news we broke today on the VIP board that we're not going to discuss on this podcast or on our free stories, And it's pretty big recruiting news for Fresno State, a big-time former Power 5 recruit that is coming to Fresno State. Um, but this news that we are breaking is also a power five recruit uh, that's coming to Fresno State, a transfer from USC, a linebacker, Raymond Scott, He was once a four-star recruit. Uh, he was a top 150 recruit in the 2018 class, uh, got to USC and uh, played some as a freshman, red shirted, and was kind of a uh, second team reserve guy. And then this past season really stepped up, uh, had about 35 tackles uh, really was more of a, uh, had more of an impact on USC's defense and was kind of on the cusp of being a big-time guy for them. But looking for a more solid place to, to get playing time, especially when you consider all the transfers that USC is pulling in, uh, I believe the number one in the nation in the transfer portal rankings right now. And uh, that's probably going to dip into his opportunities as well. Um, and Fresno state is in need of a linebacker. I mean, they're going from a four 2 possibly to a four, three or, you know, there's probably going to be a need for more linebackers when they, they change schemes. So uh, Scott's the guy that can come right in and potentially start and be that guy for the dog. Uh, the Bulldogs do bring back um, Lavelle Bailey and Malachi Langley, but they're losing Tyson Maeva, And of course, Aaron Mosby moved to defensive end last year. And now he's gone as well as the graduate. So, um, the depth test been that linebacker quite a bit, and especially if they're going to a defense that's going to use more linebackers. Uh, Scott, it could be a huge addition for Fresno State. Again, um, a guy with impressive size, about 6'3", 235. He has Pac-12 experience. I mean, he was recruited by everyone out of high school and actually committed to USC like two years early. Uh, so he was identified very early in the process, and uh, this is going to be his chance to really show what he can do uh, potentially as a starter for the dogs, and uh, he should have two years of eligibility as well. So uh, definitely a, a big time addition for Fresno state and um, uh, another way that the transfer portal has been a, uh, a benefit for the dogs this off season and not a, uh, a problem. I mean, outside of the, the flirting with danger where Jake Hayner was there briefly, uh, they really haven't lost many impact players or, or any, you know, Expected starters to the portal and they've only added them. So uh, for Fresno state, this has just been a huge off season, especially when you factor in that most schools going through coaching changes have lost significant uh, amounts of talent, which Fresno state has not. And uh, Scott's kind of the, the uh, cherry on top as far as all that's concerned.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, that's a good addition. So you've got that one, you've got the other player that shall not be named. <laughs> if you want to find out go to the vip boards to find out what that player is because it, it is breaking news as of right now and we uh like to give that to our premium subscribers first before breaking it out in the public um and um so jackson what are where does that leave the bulldogs as far as you know available slots uh if there are any
1: yeah, based on the numbers, they're pretty full. Um, I mean, the Bulldogs do like to keep some scholarships and try to find those last pieces uh, throughout the remainder of the offseason, and I anticipate that will happen. Uh, there's also, I think, what the reality is going to be that after spring, you may see a couple guys at the portal that it's, you know, kind of the pecking order is being established, and they know they're not going to play and want a different opportunity. I expect some spots to open up at most schools around that time, and I, I don't think Fresno State will be an exception. Uh, the Bulldogs, uh, there is a waiver uh, where if you lose up to seven players in the portal, you can replace them with portal additions regardless of your limits and your scholarship numbers as far as the, the 25 you're allowed to sign this year. So um, there's room definitely for a couple of more transfers over the off season. but the biggest thing for Fresno State is just going to be that extra offensive lineman Really, the only recruit you can say they quote-unquote lost for uh, this whole month was an offensive tackle, LaSala Tai, who they really wanted. Uh, He committed to BYU this morning over the Bulldogs and a couple of other schools. So that's really going to be probably the main focus uh, from here is to find that extra offensive lineman that they want, probably a transfer portal guy at this stage of the game. And then after spring, they'll kind of identify what positions are a little weak at if there's any injuries of concern and try to find those last additions, uh, which the roster is looking pretty full right now, but I, I expect there to be a couple of spots, when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah. Cause, uh, uh, chances are there still may be somebody else want to wanna transfer out. Is that over and over and done with now, Jackson, now that we've hit the, uh, now that we've hit the recruiting day, the final recruiting day for the year?
1: Yeah, I mean, we're kind of an awkward point into the portal right now because every, pretty much every school is in class. You want Usually, if you're going to transfer after the season, you want to get it processed between semesters and, and make that move or at least be available for schools to recruit during that time. Uh, but yeah, I think the next wave won't be until spring practice um, after spring practices across the nation, I just think you're going to see a lot of guys that, uh, didn't perform or place where they thought they were going to in the, within their teams in spring. And yeah, I think you might see some departures potentially at that time. And of course, a whole lot of prospects to go after from other schools. I mean, it, it is a, a tidbit, a tad bit like free agency. <laughs> um, but I think you'll see that wave uh, around. April, May, and then uh, those very last additions in June and July, and then you'll have your roster set.
0: Yeah. So that pretty much, pretty much means that the Bulldogs will be done for now, unless they can pick up uh, a, a player here and there um, that have not committed yet. Um, Basically a high school player, right, Jackson, that's going to be their only option at this point. Um, but other than that uh, the bulldogs are set and this ends the recruiting session for uh for this upcoming year and so Jackson any final thoughts uh, what you know what's your overall impression on how the bulldogs did
1: yeah this was quite a class um, i mean just uh, I, I didn't imagine it would grow this large uh based off where they were in the spring in the i mean in, in december in the december it was a solid group, but um, a small one, of course. They only signed 10 with 11 commits total at that time. And the way, uh, the thing that I felt was missing was those immediate impact guys. And I was worried that since they didn't get them signed in December, it might be tough to fill those voids. But they absolutely did it. I mean, they got three junior college recruits, uh, at least four transfers we're aware of, and uh, some really impressive high school recruits late in the game that that surprised me as well. So, and the big thing is that most of the junior college guys and all the transfers are going to be here for spring practice. They're going to get those extra 15 practices uh, and, and get to learn the schemes and compete for positions, which is going to be huge. So um, this signing day celebrates more of the immediate needs for Fresno State. The fact that they got some other high schoolers is, uh, I think, a bonus. And ultimately, you look at the whole class, The D-line is incredibly impressive. The quarterback they got, Joshua Wood, is very, very promising. Uh, Back in December, they did well with the high school receivers and O-line. But ultimately, I think just the immediate pieces they added plus the entirety of the D-line class are going to be your major highlights, um, especially for a school that, I mean, in the Mountain West, it's tough to recruit defensive linemen. And historically, it's tough to get immediate impact players, but in the era of transfer portal recruiting and with Coach Tedford's connections to the junior college level, uh, they have really hauled in a solid number of guys that can compete for the Dogs this fall and a D line group that could be very, very special in a couple of years.
0: Yeah, this, this uh, is looking like this could pan out to be a very good recruiting class if these players uh, live up to their potential, uh, only to just restock the shelf for the Bulldogs and and reload the gun uh, for them to go out and do what they need to do on the field to have another successful season. And it, it looks like the Bulldogs are moving in the right direction. Any final thoughts, Jackson? Uh, any other news you want to break before we head, uh, call this one a day? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's it for now, um, of course there's a chance that uh, more things can develop today. We are heading into the press conference right now with Coach Tedford. Um, so we're in a couple of minutes here, but uh, just stay tuned to BarkBoard.com, keep checking the VIP premium board where uh, news breaks we will have it there first and we'll have stories and all the additions and everything on the free board and uh, the home page as well. So just keep sticking uh, in tune with BarkBoard.com throughout the day and Although uh, signing day kind of caps, or it kind of flips the page to next year with 2022 is already here, of course, and spring practices around the corner, uh, the, the 2022 campaign is pretty much underway, um, we're a, a long way to August and September, but make sure you stay tuned to thebarcourt.com. We're covering basketball, we're covering all the off-season moves for football with players leaving, players coming in outside of what we've listed, uh, of course. Uh, As mentioned, basketball season, spring football coming up. We'll have some spring sports coverage. We have, I mean, a lot of recruiting stuff goes down in May and June and July, and if you're a hardcore Bulldog fan, the diehard fan that wants to be in the know, I mean, we are still Fresno State football covering 24-7 throughout that time when some other people might check out. So, uh, go to thebarkspot.com, and uh, especially today, here for signing day.
0: All right, so with that being said, if you're looking for Jackson, you can find him on, on Twitter at JacksonMoore247. You can find uh, us on Facebook. Uh, just look for the thefarkboard.com in uh, and Facebook and, and give the page a like. You can also find me on Twitter at Red Wave Report. Um, And as always, if you're not a part of our community at thebarkboard.com, make sure you head on over there and become a part of that. We have a free and a premium board, but with all honesty, you want to be a part of the premium. Uh, That's where all the latest news is being broken. So with that being said, I want to thank everyone for joining us and join us again next week as we continue the ongoing coverage of Fresno State Athletics.